0: On today's show, would trading for Dorian Finney-Smith change the Mavericks' trajectory? Would it fix the Mavs? We'll talk about that, answer your questions, and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks, ah, Mavericks. NBA he hit it. Bang. Bang. It's good, and the Mavericks have won the game. Thank you, if you don't believe, you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstad, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Maps your first listen today, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section would a trade for Dorian Vinnie Smith change the trajectory? of the Mavericks this season. I'm curious what everyone has to say about it. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNMBA for $20 off your first purchase. Answering your questions today. Went through and sent a text in via subtext. You can subscribe to answer and ask questions. And uh, I sent out, said, hey, give me some questions. And you guys responded in a big way. Tons of questions came in. About half of them about trades about half of those are about trades for dorian so we're gonna talk about trading for dorian finney smith today we'll get into that we'll get into some other trades i've got a trade idea i want to throw by you let me know what you think about it i'll, I'll throw it by in the second part here and then I, we'll talk about some other things i'll answer some other questions about lively the defense different things we heard from practice today and all that but i want to start here real quick via practice today we learned that these are the players that that practiced and didn't practice. Because right now the injury report is kind of the most important thing for the Mavericks right now because they're just missing too many players this weekend. It just it didn't work. Kyrie, Tim Hardaway, Dante Exum all went through practice, not limited at all. Great, huge, awesome, love that. Love to hear that, especially about Kyrie that you know that the foot thing is more management and it's not okay. This may be a long term thing. What did I say yesterday with with Reggie? We've got to figure out if this Kyrie foot thing is a long term thing because it keeps coming up and keeps coming up. Okay. Seems like they're just playing it safe because he did practice, so good sign. Good sign with Kyrie. Tim Hardaway coming back, good sign too. Congrats to Dante Exum and his partner for uh, you know for the birth of their baby, and so congrats to him. He's back in practice and all that. Grant Williams did not practice right knee soreness. That, to me, seems and sounds like a rest day. Get your head right, right? <laughs> take, take a day, take a mental health day, and figure it out. Maybe his, maybe his knee is sore, but soreness to me, especially on a practice day like this, says to me, all right, take it easy, get right. Because he just hasn't been right. He hasn't been shooting the ball well lately. And the Mavericks do need him to start shooting the ball well and to step up into his role that he knows he can, right? The, the things that the Mavericks are asking Grant Williams to do, he can absolutely do. I still believe in it. Josh Green also didn't practice, as well as Maxi Kleba. With Josh Green, this elbow injury, I went back and looked at some stuff. He dealt with this same elbow injury in the summer. Remember when he was about to play for the Boomers, the Australian national team, and he was going to start for the team, and they were like, oh, he's starting over Matisse Thibel, and that was the big story for us on this show. And then he was out for some of the, the like preparation games, and then he was out for the first like actual game, I believe, if I'm remembering this right, with this elbow injury. I know it was the elbow injury. I don't know how many games he was out for, but it was with this elbow injury. He also missed... Games back in December last season with an elbow injury and missed some time last year with an elbow injury so I'm a little concerned that he's been out this practice and I, why does it keep coming back who knows <laughs> this weird elbow injury he keeps having so notable Josh Green the last one Maxi still out and he's still shooting he's not running yet so if that tells you anything that's how far maxi is Maxi's a, a decent ways from coming back so there's no projections over the next to me at least the next couple of weeks where he comes back maybe I could be wrong about that but I'm not expecting it. Let's just put it that way. That's the update from practice from the injuries and all that. That's where the Mavericks are. Luca fully practiced. Everybody else fully practiced if they, if I didn't mention their name. All right, let's talk about Doreen Finney-Smith because it's a, maybe a little early to get into trade stuff yet because there's just not a lot of rumors. Teams haven't really been communicating, talking, you know, sending out feelers through reporters, and so we just don't know a lot of stuff yet. But we do know one thing. From Hoops Hype, Michael Scotto said... Dorian Finney Smith has previously drawn interest from the Mavericks, the Heat, the Sixers, and the Grizzlies, among other teams. League sources told Hoops Hyde, Rival executives expect the Nets to continue to have a high asking price worth the equivalent of two first-round picks. That was back at the end of November, so like a week ago or so. And so that's where we are with uh that's where we are with with Dorian Finney Smith from Michael Scotto. So when I think about Dorian Finney-Smith and there's so many, a fourth of the questions I got on the mailbag today were about Dorian. When I think about him, first of all, I say immediately bring him back, please. Yes. Love him. Love him as a person. Love him as, you know, one of the Mavericks leaders on defense. They need that. They need everything that he can bring. His size, his shooting ability. They need all of that. If You could add him to this wing depth without losing anything. Oh man. Like sign me up. The team would be much better. I think the team would be better. And so there's three questions to ask. Can the Mavericks trade for Dorian? Should they trade for Dorian? And what would he bring if they did trade for Dorian? And would it be worth the price? So I think the Mavericks do have interest in Dorian. Uh, Scotto says that, and I've you know, i heard from sources that he does too. And the two first round picks price sounds high, right? But it can be equivalent. So it can be a player and a first. Maybe the player itse- himself would... Garner, one first, and then the other first, they can come with it. So the Mavericks have a 2027 20, first. Maybe they protect him, maybe they don't. They have Josh Green, they have Jaden Hardy, and they have Omax. Now, there are some issues with those. But any of those players, I think, could potentially have first-round value. But here are some issues. Jaden Hardy, I don't think has shown first-round value this season so far. The way that he's played, I don't know that you can say he's for sure a first-round value on the trade on the trade block, all that. Maybe he's not that far removed from looking really good at the end of last season and some teams would be willing to do it. You just have to know which team it is right now. The Nets have cam Thomas. I don't know if they want to bring on the worst version of the same guy. That's just maybe a little taller, (laughs) right? So I don't know that they'll want to do that. And so we're just talking about the Nets, but who knows? Maybe they valued him a little bit better. Omax looks like a project. And he also has that new car off the lot kind of thing right now that rookies have, right? Where he's got his value immediately depreciates as soon as he gets drafted. When he was a first-round pick, like the night of, okay, first-round pick, let's go. When he plays one game, <laughs> it's immediately lower value. So I don't know what the Nets value him at, right? I know the locked on Nets guys really liked him. They were really mad when the Mavs drafted him and they didn't get him. Because I think they had the picks right after that. So I know those guys do, but I don't know about the Nets themselves. So that's with Omax. And then there's Josh Green. Josh Green's new deal. He's got this extension. It kicks in next season. And so he's got this poison pill contract where his contract is worth technically more in a trade than it is right now on the cap. So that's essentially what it is. Like I could explain the whole thing with a poison pill, but it's it's complicated. And so the only, the part is it's harder to trade him because what you take back... Is more than technically what you're giving out because of his contract. So it makes it difficult to trade him. You kind of have to trade him to uh, a team with cap space, basically, in order to make it work. Because you got to add something else in order for you to bring back. You know, it, like it, it's complicated. So Josh Green's a tough one. So, but even if Brooklyn did value any of those guys at the first, you know, at, at a first round value, would it be worth it to do the upgrade? And I, I agree that I think Dorian would help this team a lot. But would it help them enough for them to give up their assets, two of their three or four or five assets that they have, to get marginally better this season? The Mavs cannot afford to trade two assets and it not project them and push them forward to becoming a contender either this season or in a season or two seasons, right? If you get Dorian, okay, it makes you better this season. But what about next season? Okay, you're probably still a little better because you have him. But they also need to make a move to jump forward, right? A big deal to jump forward, to get an elite player. And we'll talk about some of those a little bit later and who I think could, could move the needle. But I don't think Dory moves the needle enough for them to give it up. And so at that point, as frustrating as it sounds, you might as well, you might as well just sit on the assets and wait for something better right? Wait, wait to accumulate some more assets because it's going to cost a little too much for the return, right? Your ROI is not big enough. This is one of the reasons why the Twitter GMs just will never win because you want to trade everybody. You want to trade for somebody all the time. Every time, every, every turn of the page, trade deadline, got to get somebody free agency. Got to get somebody draft. Got to get somebody. Got somebody at the draft, free agency comes, you didn't get anybody in a trade. Why didn't they get anybody in a trade? It's like, okay, you just can't keep spending your assets and spending your assets. Eventually, this team needs to make the move forward. They've got two stars, but now they've got to make the move to get the third player and to get that, you know, it's got to be the right one. It's got to fix some of these flaws because they're, they're bad. So, and you've got a rookie center, so your timeline's a little bit longer. And you got a 25-year-old Luca just signed a deal. You know, all that. We can talk about it. But to me, at least right now, if it's two assets, if it's a first and something, it's one of those, one of those other players, I don't think the Mavericks should do it right now. I think they wait on it and see. What if by the end of the season, Omax is as good as Dorian? Right? Call me a homer. Call me a, you know, I'm, I'm not Isaac Harris is not holding holding my holding me like a ventriloquist, like, hey. Oh, Max is going to be really good. You know, like, but what if he is? Then all of a sudden the Mavericks gave up a first and a guy that was going that's going to be as good as him, right? So I think you wait on it. You've got to be a little patient with when you've got young players like this because they can they, it could turn out. Look at what Tyrese Halliburton's doing right now. You think the, the Kings would have rather kept Tyrese Halliburton? Sabonis has been great, sure, but Matt George is going to get really mad at me for saying that. All right, coming up, let's talk about some other trades. I got a trade idea. I'm going to see what you guys think about it. We'll talk about that coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel sportsbook has all kinds of props and odds that you can get in on. If you put down five dollars on any money line and you win, let's say you're doing it on the uh, play-in game or the in-season tournament, so Suns Lakers, Suns plus 106. This is like the Isaac Harris hate bowl. Like he would, you and you would ever all the, all Mavs fans and him. Would hate to bet on either of these teams. So let me do the Knicks bucks instead. Knicks plus 168. We want to bet on our friend Brunson. You put $5 down on that. And the Knicks win that first in-season tournament game. You get $150 in bonus bets at FanDuel. Bucks minus 200. So you can put money down on that too. If they win, you get $150 in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get it. See what's available for you. They have NFL as well. So as the NFL season continues on, check out FanDuel. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Hot man, the hot player. Hot player. Thanks, everybody, for being part of the show and hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps. Part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. We appreciate each and every one of you. All right, let's get into the next part here. Half of the questions from the mailbag were about trades. Half of them were about Dorian, talked about him, shared my piece on him. Now, the other trades were all of them. The other questions about trades were all about um. What's a realistic trade? What's a dream player target? What could the Mavericks get for Omax, Hardy, salary matching? On a scale of 1 to 10, how likely is it the Mavericks could get make you know a significant trade this season? All right, here's the thing with a trade. Right now, the Mavericks have a lot of things. The Mavericks need a couple things, and they need them badly. Not going not gonna to lie about that. They need an elite wing defender. That's the biggest need to me. More than backup center, more than all that. Derek Live looks great. Looks like he's the center of the future. You don't want to mess with that right now. You need the elite wing. You just do. Look at what the Bulls are doing right now. The Bulls are terrible. But look what the Bulls' defense does. They've got Caruso. You've got Patrick Williams. You've got, you know, Io DeSumo, You've got whoever else. And they've got Vuce at the center. And they have an elite defense. Like, the, the wings matter. If you get an elite wing defender, you can it can change your defense completely. And so that's what I think the Mavericks need to get after first. So that's what I'm going to focus on here with trades. The problem with the, for the Mavericks is they need a player that'll move the needle. But the players that move... Dang it. <laughs> I, I did a thumbs up again and the thing popped up. They need a player that's gonna move the... What if I do a first finger? No. It, it, they need a player that's gonna move the needle, but they also... It has to be realistic because they're not gonna be able to outbid some players. They're not gonna be able to outbid some teams. So players that would move the needle for the Mavericks, Mikael Bridges, Aaron Gordon, Jaden McDaniels, OG Ananobi, Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday, Derek White, Dylan Brooks. Even Dylan Brooks, honestly, he would. I don't think the Mavericks can outbid some teams that would go after those players because they're that valuable. Then you go to the more realistic ones. Alex Caruso, Herb Jones, Dorian Pitty smith Royce O'Neal, Lou Dort, Andrew Wiggins, Kyle Anderson. Some move the needle more than others. Caruso, I think, moves the needle the most out of that group. Then probably Herb Jones. Then probably Dorian. Lou Dort would obviously be great and all that. But do the do the Mavericks it's the same problem I mentioned with Dorian earlier. Do the Mavericks want to give up what it would take to get those players? Do they move the needle enough for them? And then there's some players that could help. The Robert Covingtons, Tory Craig's, Harrison Barnes, DeAndre Hunter, Nick Batum, maybe Bogdanovich, Boyan Bogdanovich from the the Pistons. And so you're looking across the you're looking across the league, and I think those are the the wings that the Mavericks like they could help the Mavericks in a position where the Mavericks need name another player that I didn't mention, like a wing defender. A third of those guys, you're not getting a third of them. Don't move the needle enough. And a, and a third of them may not move the needle enough for the price that you have to pay for them. So, okay. What do they, what do they do then? Okay. Here's an answer. I think that they, that they can do. Tell me if you think this is crazy. Okay. Mavs get Jeremy Grant from the blazers. It fits a couple of things. He's big. He's like 6'9", and so you need that that length. He also can get his own shot a little here and there. He can also play off of other guys. Helps you offensively. Does not help you on defense as much as you'd want, obviously. But he's more available. His contract is bad. It's like five years, and it's a lot of money. It's like 20-something, 27, 27 this year and like going forward after that. He's on for five years. If the Blazers want to get off that deal, then the Mavericks can give them Tim Hardaway Jr. and Rashawn Holmes. That matches his salary. And that, then they get off his deal in two years instead of waiting the full five. If his value is this bad, I kind of think it would be, but maybe he's worth a little bit more because the teams are not valuing these contracts. Look at Zach Levine right now. Teams are not valuing these long-term deals right now. It is not a plus for you to have a guy for five years. That messes up your books, and it mucks up your books for a while. And so if his value is that low, just give him Tim Hardaway, Rashawn Holmes. They can get off the deal in two years. The Mavericks bring in a wing that can help, that's bigger, that can help rebound, that can at least be a bigger wing defender, and you don't lose any of your guys. You, then your starting lineup becomes Lively, Grant Williams, Jeremy Grant, Luka, and Kyrie. That's a pretty big lineup. You all of a sudden took Derrick Jones Jr. and like made him two inches taller. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're a bigger lineup. You could start Derek Jones Jr. instead of Grant instead of Ger- instead of a uh, Grant Williams. Start two Grants. Start one Grant. I don't care whichever Grant it is. So, I think that's a trade. And then let's say they let's say Portland counters and Mike Richmond. I'll probably ask him about this. They counter and say we got to get something for him. Okay, maybe send Jaden Hardy. Maybe send a couple second round picks. I don't think you have to send the first because I don't think he's that valuable right now. He's not that movable because of his the, long, the long-term nature of his contract and the size of his contract. So you gotta look at some of these players like this that have, dep- that have value that's not as high as some of these other players. And so I think that's why Jeremy Grant, he, now he can't be traded until January 15th. So a deal like this couldn't happen for another month. But you've got a month to think about and figure out, is this something the Mavericks should do? And it's more like six weeks. So can you wait six weeks, make a move like that? And by six weeks, I think we'll know a little bit more which teams are going to be in trades. We'll talk about more trade rumors and players that are going to be available. Like right now, is Andrew Wiggins available? He would help the Mavericks, I think. He's not helping the Warriors right now, but maybe the, the Warriors want to get off that deal and then try something different. Herb Jones, why would the Pelicans want to trade Herb Jones? Caruso, he's like the only good defender actually on the trade block right now. So there's going to be a bidding war for him. The Mavericks can't outbid teams. That's why you're kind of stuck with this. Is there a bit, going to be a bidding war for Jeremy Grant? Probably not. Probably not. And so that's why I think that if I'm going to come up with some kind of trade idea today, it's Jeremy Grant. And to see what they could do with him, who he would help the offense, he would help size-wise. He has been a decent defender in the past. Remember, he used to play for the, the Nuggets, and they were in the playoffs, and I think he did well there. He doesn't fit your elite defender, but he does help your offense a lot, and some of the issues with the offense kind of getting bogged down he would be out there and he would help in the games when Luka or Kyrie have to miss. He would help in the times when either Luka or Kyrie sit. You boost your offense a lot. You boost your size a little bit more. Then your wing rotation becomes really good. Because he's been good this He's been pretty good this year, but his contract is ridiculous. All right, coming up, let's answer some more of your questions. Can Derek Lively get in the rookie of the year conversation? We'll talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by GameTime. GameTime has all kinds of tickets for you. Go to GameTime.co or download the GameTime app, create an account, and see what events are near you right now. Uh, they got Vegas Golden Knights at Dallas Stars, like 50 bucks for tickets like that. It's on Saturday. It's like a three o'clock Saturday game. Go to a, go to a hockey game and then hang out afterwards. Jazz at Mavs on Wednesday. Wow. $11 for tickets, 11 bucks just gets you in the building. And then you can come say hi to me, get a sticker, how about that, that'd be fun. Uh, let's see, Lower Bowl, there's tickets for like, Lower Bowl, there's tickets for like $61 right now. That's pretty good to sit in the Lower Bowl. There's a flash deal right now, you can check that one out, see what's available for you. Again, check it out, go to gametime.co, download the gametime app, use the code NBA for $20 off. So, if a ticket's $11 and you get $20 off, let me know. Let me know if you they give you $9 back on that deal. Let me know. Game time. Download the game time app. Create an account and uh, use that code NBA for $20 off your first purchase at game time. Take with Joe. All right, Isaac. Let's get into some more questions that you guys asked. bunch of them are on trades. We talked about that already. Let's answer some questions about non-trade stuff. If Derek Lively keeps it up, do you think he can work his way into the rookie of the year conversation? That was one question. And do you think All rookie second team center is Derek Lively's to lose. What would it take for him to get to first team? So the answer to the beginning part is Lively can absolutely get into the rookie of the year conversation. I think he should be in there right now. Chet and Wemby are going to be the top of that. Obviously. I don't think you're going to unseat them. They create too much. They're too good. All that. So there's that. And then... But he can get into the conversation. I think he can get all the way up to third if he wants to. Who are the other guys in there right now? You're probably looking at Brandon Miller. He's averaging 14 points on a bad Hornets team. Jordan Hawkins is shooting 37% from three on like 13 points a game on an 11 and 10 Pelicans team. What if they win the mid-season tournament or the in-season tournament? Jaime Jaquez is averaging like 12 points on a good Heat team. He's averaging like 26 minutes a game. And then you got... And then you got to dig a little bit, but you've got Derek Lively, twenty-five minutes a game, starting, huge impact right now, bigger impact than those other guys, I think. So then all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, yeah, to me at least, it would be, it would be Chet Wembenyama and then Lively. That would be my that would be my my list right now for rookie of the year. But he's absolutely in the he's in the conversation now. You have to know. You have to know the the Mavs, and maybe this is a crusade that I get to go on this year. It's like Derek Lively should be in the rookie of the year conversation. Don't just look at points and rebounds because, all right, well he's averaging eight and a half points, seven point eight rebounds. He's he's averaging less rebounds than Asar Thompson. So how can he be in the? No, think about the the Mavs are eleven and six when he plays. <laughs> he's missed two games; they lost both of them, badly. He's absolutely on the rookie, the on the rookie, all rookie team conversation. It's positionless. So he can, he can be first team right now. I think he is first team right now. And he should be. Imagine <laughs> first team is probably going to be Wemby, Chet, and Derek Lively. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Wemby, Chet, Derek Lively, probably Hawkins, maybe Assar Thompson, maybe Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller also 14 points on 31 minutes a game. Interesting. So let me know what you think about that. Can he get in the rookie to your conversation? Absolutely. I think he's in it right now. All rookie second team. No, give me all rookie first team for him because it's because it's positionless. I think he's absolutely in it right now. I don't think anyone else is outplaying him. Maybe there's somebody else that I don't know what, well enough because I'm not watching their team, but I think Derek Lively has been that good. What are your thoughts on how the defense can step up and just be better with what we have? Because it doesn't seem like they're going to get any help and Jason Kidd should maybe be more vocal. Kid is vocal on defense. I'll give him that. I'll give him credit on that. But the changes and the firing up the team and trying to get them invested and bought in, that stuff seems to be hard. Because they keep saying it's effort. They keep saying it's energy. He was asked about it at practice today. Well, your team in that 30-0 run proved that they can play defense like that. So how frustrated does that make you basically as a coach was the question he was asked. And he's like, yeah, they can do it. It's possible. It's just communication. That's the Jason kid. That's the Jason kid ism of it. You know. I'm not playing. And so to me, they just need a fire lit under them and, but it needs to happen constantly. And you need to keep like fanning the flame, fanning the flame, fanning the flame. Jason kid needs to push Grant Williams buttons because they want to grant Williams to come in and be that. Said Grant Williams, come in here, take some threes and be the leader on defense. Grant Williams fully accepted that at the beginning of the season. And I don't think that he would feel comfortable with how good he's played so far defensively. And I don't think he would feel great about the leadership that he's shown on defense right now. I think he would be the first one to tell you that he doesn't feel great about that. I think he did say that like last week. that he's got to step up more as a leader. He's got to be, and it's going to take a little bit because it takes a little while to learn the system. Takes a little bit for guys to play together. This is a pretty much a new team, right? If you think about it, going back to la- the end of last year, push that all under the bed. Cause you don't want to go back to the chemistry that that team showed. <laughs> that was, that was awful. And Dwight's not playing maxies out. Uh, guys are in and out of the lineup here and there. Like this is a new team. So they're, they're having to learn together. The, part of this, part of this, uh, whole defense and everything is chemistry. And so they need somebody to have to like, all right, I'm handling my business. And then and now I can call everybody out on their business. I've seen Lively do it a couple times, and you've seen Grant do it too, but Grant's the one that was expected to do it. Lively's not expected to jump into that role yet. But he's the back line. I think Lively's been doing a good job of calling out stuff. I'm, I'm grading him on a, as a rookie. I'm grading Grant Williams as a player that's been to the finals and that wanted it, wanted to be the leader, wanted the one, wanted to be the one that stepped up, wanted to be that vet, right? And so I think he would be the first one to tell you that he isn't doesn't feel great about where he is as a leader defensively, and I think st- somewhere, Kid or somebody, Dudley, Sean Sweeney, whoever, has got to step up and light a fire under him and like push his buttons, just Ted Lasso style, right? Like Ted Lasso style, push his buttons just a little to get him going. I think just like Ted Lasso looks at Beard in that episode where they're in the first season where they're trying to get uh, they're trying to get Roy invested and involved, coach. If we're ever going to make a difference here, it's going to have to start right with that man's heart. And if they do make a difference here, it's going to have to start with Grant Williams' mouth. <laughs> it's going to have to start with Grant Williams' mouth because he's the one I think has got to be the vocal leader. No one, I don't think anyone else. Derek Jones Jr. has been great. He's a very quiet person. Josh Green has not stepped up in his spot. I never expected him to be in that position. Maxi Kleba has been out and hurt, and he hasn't been that vocal of a leader. You don't want Kyrie or Luca to lead your defense, right? Right? Maybe. Who else? I think it's gotta be Grant Williams. That's the one area of his game. The shooting's gonna come and go. I expect his shooting to, to pick up here in a little bit. But the, the defensive leadership is not something I've necessarily seen yet. And part of it is because he's having a hard time holding down his, his side of it on defense too. It's hard. It, this is a hard thing to learn to come in and just immediately be good at. Took the Mavericks... When the Mavericks were good at this two years ago, it took them all season to figure it out. There you go. That's the Mavericks on defense. That's Derek Lively. That's trades. That's all that. Let me know what you think about the trade. Let me know what you think about the Jeremy Grant trade. Let me know what you think about a trade for Dorian Pitty Smith. I'm curious what you guys have to say about it. Tomorrow, I'll be back with Valencia King. We're going to talk all about the Mavericks and where we're at with all the players right now. We'll probably go down the roster and be like, let's do a vibes check on everybody and just see where we are with, with all the players. So we'll be back tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs Peace out. Boom.